We're building a foundation so that we can understand our spiritual being. Because you're not flesh and blood. That's not who you are. But when we say spirit, there's always, not always, but there's confusion many times on what spirit really means and how you can function as a spirit while living in this material realm. But if you have some foundational principles, you can work out those situations in your life. Because nobody can give you the keys for you to understand your spiritual being. That comes from the Spirit of God. And as we study the scriptures after we understand our spiritual nature, it changes the way we understand the scriptures. If you read in a material mindset, the soulish mindset, a spiritual book, you're not going to get the depth and the meaning of what the words are. You're going to interpret them according to what you're familiar with in this dimension. How many of you know that the spiritual dimension is not limited to three dimensions? It's multi-dimensions, and that's how you were created. So in order to understand the levels of wording that Jesus used, you need to be outside of this dimension, outside of time and space. You're limited by time and space in the material realm. The faster you move towards the speed of light, the bigger you get, the heavier you get. So you can never get outside of this dimension as a physical being. That's why you have to be spirit. You can live outside time and space as long as you're spirit. And that's what we're going to understand. So when Jesus spoke, turn over to John 6 real quick and read verse 63 with me. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Say nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That has, when I read that now, I don't see a two-dimensional lettering here. I see beyond two dimensions. I see into the spiritual dimension where Jesus was speaking that and spoke it before he was flesh. Before he was flesh, he spoke this because he was the word before he was Jesus. Remember, in the beginning was the word. So he was the word coming out of the father's mouth before he became flesh. So when Jesus is saying the flesh profits nothing, he knows what he's speaking about. You agree? So when we read his words, and I recommend that you don't read anything but the red letters until you get the spiritual understanding of what he says. Because everything else is underneath what he says. Everything else in the scripture. He is what this Bible was written for and to and who it is. This, this is him speaking. All the other players in this scripture are designed to give you context. Context is different than substance. Follow me? So when we read the scriptures, we're going to understand it from a spiritual dimension. Back to John 17, verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, 
that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before, say before, before. the foundation of the world. Okay. Now we're going to understand what the foundation of the world is today. And we're going to understand the difference between world and earth. They're not the same word. We have to really understand that. We're going to understand the foundation of the world and the kingdom of God. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek second, third, or fourth the kingdom of God and his first... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So, the kingdom of God is what the Spirit is supposed to seek first. The foundation of the world is not the kingdom of God. They both have a different foundation. The kingdom of God is built on who? He is the kingdom of God. You don't enter a place, you enter him. That's the kingdom of God. The foundation of this world is built on what? What is the foundation of this world? We're going to find that out. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Just as he chose us in him, say in him, before the foundation of the world, say I was chosen in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That means in him, in love. You can't be in him if you're not in love. When you're in love, you're in him. I don't care if you've got a doctrine or a religion. When you're in love, you're in him. He is love. First Peter 1.20, and we're just looking at certain scriptures that have the foundation of the world in verse. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So are the last times now or when Jesus went to the cross? When Jesus went to the cross, that was the last times. Times ended after that. There is no more time because he took it all. He took everything in him, went to the cross, resurrected, and now you are back in Eden. You might think you're in Baton Rouge, but you're in Eden. And every morning you wake up and decide what fruit you're going to eat. So don't think you're a victim, because most people believe they're a victim. But where did that come from? I think it might have come from Adam. What about that woman you gave me? So back to the foundation of the world. Again, the world is what you think, and material is the earth. So according to the dictionary, earth is soil, rocks, material. Now, what is the earth created from? A little thing called atoms. Atoms are 99.999 spirit. Atoms are spirit. And the foundation of, of the material world is created from atoms. So there's only 0.0001% that is matter in an atom. And from that small amount, 
all the physical things you see and are sitting on and walking in and dressing with is Adam's. Everything else is spirit. Now get a hold of that because you need to see this. So the material realm is from Adam's, which is 99.99% spirit. So basically, we're creating an imaginary physical virtual realm from that 0.00001%. That's what we're focusing on. So when you have situations in your life that you consider to be circumstances that might be money, <clears throat> lack of car, lack of house, lack of clothes, anything material, it's because your focus is on that small amount of material. Now, if you get hold of this, it'll help you. Because you are spirit, which makes you more spirit than you are matter until you put your attention on matter. Where you put your attention is where you use your energy, which is spirit. If you could see yourself in an electromagnetic microscope, you'd see this light with colors and this vibrational force that goes off of you. And the distance that it goes away from you is the amount of energy that you have available to you. That's, that is what you can use, you can draw on to heal your body, to change physical conditions. But the more you concentrate on the physical, the more you draw from that energy that's outside of you and start to deplete that spiritual force that God has given you to navigate your physical body through this dimension. The same way Jesus came from heaven, took on a physical body, and changed the physical realm was because he understood how this planet operated. He understood that if you want to be free from material lack, give away everything you've got. First thing I learned about fasting was if I wanted to reflect the image that was in me, I needed to stop consuming the images that were around me. The more images from this material world you consume, the more you become that. You want more spirit? Consume more spirit. And what did Jesus say? That's my word. He said, my word is spirit. But if we hear the words of the news and our favorite politician and the newspaper, we're not consuming the spirit. You don't have to be unaware of it, but you don't have to consume it. It's like a bird that flies over your head. You don't have to let it nest in your head. When Jesus created Adam, he created him from the material of this planet, this earth, but he breathed into his nostrils to give him the consciousness of God. And he says, use that consciousness to change your physical dimension. Don't make it the other way around. But the minute you desire the physical more than the spirit, 
you start shifting where your energy and your spirit attention lies. And that's when you put more attention on the physical instead of the spiritual. And your energy reflects what you believe, what you think. How you think, what you believe, and how you act is your state of being because that's what you accept, believe, and surrender to. Listen to me. What you accept, believe, and surrender to is your state of being. That state of being has a resonating force. Remember I'm talking about the energy outside of you? It's a vibration. It's a resonating force. So what you accept, believe, and surrender to is what you're able to receive. So if you believe you are poor, if you believe you are sick, if you believe that something has been taken from you, you're a victim or whatever, that's the vibrational frequency that you've been sending out into this dimension and it's gonna magnetically draw it to you. You can never receive more than what you're resonating at. So whatever your frequency is that you're resonating, that's the energy you're sending out into this realm. And that's what will return to you. So you want to receive something greater than what you're receiving now? Then you have to change what you accept, believe, and surrender to. Because most people, after 35, they don't have a magnetic field anymore. They've already created their world, and they're living in it because they want to control how they feel and how they think. They don't like surprises. God's a God of surprises. If you accept and believe and surrender to everything he's got for you, he'll surprise you, but you can't be in control. That image you drag into that realm cannot be the image that you live in this material world with. In the spiritual dimension, we go in and out of the spirit realm eight times a second. If you could see it in a magnetic field, you'd see your spiritual light move in and out of a different dimension seven to eight times a second. Now, what does that mean? That means your physical understanding, what you mentally know and believe, cannot go into that dimension. Because if it goes into that dimension, it's not vibrating at the frequency that it can bring anything back. So every time you go into the spirit, if you're not who you think you are, God can give you something to bring back. You follow me? He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he's never leaving you or forsaking you. He's bringing you into him all the time. But if you don't want to receive it or you're not capable of receiving it, you're not going to be able to bring anything back. What we accept, believe, and surrender <clears throat> makes up our image, makes up our state of being. That state of being, we want to reinforce and validate all the time. How do we do that? by doing the same things every day. You wake up in the morning, 
You get up on the right side of the bed, you go drink coffee out of your favorite mug, you use the bathroom the same way, you're unconscious most of your day because you are in control of your activities. You don't give the Spirit of God a chance to interrupt your activities and your behaviors. Right? We want to feel a certain way. We're addicted to certain feelings. Every time you have a thought, you create a chemical inside of your body. And we become addicted to those chemicals, whether it's rejection, victimization, whatever it is. We get addicted to those feelings. Our thoughts and our feelings are what drive our attitudes and our beliefs. So we gyrate towards people that think like us. So your mind is the world. Your body is the earth. And if your mind is in the kingdom of God, then your body will follow suit. But nowadays, our bodies dictate what we think because all of our feelings. How many times have you heard somebody say, you hurt my feelings? Because your feelings are driving your thoughts. Your feelings are making you feel like a victim or making you feel like you've been abandoned. And yet we blame God for the way our situations are. And he's given us all the authority to change that situation. When he made us in his image and likeness, he says, you're God. I'm putting you in charge of this physical dimension. But if you think your senses are your God, then you're not going to understand what I'm doing. So how we think, feel, smell, taste, our senses are ruling our life. But outside of this dimension, senses don't tell you what to do. The Spirit of God does. And we've got to trust that. We have to let go of all the things that we're addicted to in this dimension. Because <laughs> trust me, we're addicted. That coworker that pushes your button every day, you're addicted to that. That guy you're driving next to on the freeway that cuts you off, you get addicted to that. It's been 10 minutes. I haven't had a panic attack yet. See, so what God is telling us through Christ is if you're conscious you're in the spirit dimension. Because this second, right now, is eternity. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. Right now. That's the eternal second and moment that God has given you to recognize what he's done for you. Not what he's going to do. Back to the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world is built on Death and fear. Death and fear is what creates the foundation of this world. And it controls the masses through that fear of death. If you're afraid to die and you're thinking about death and you're trying to protect yourself all the time from death, then you don't know what Christ did. You're not living in the kingdom. You're living in the foundation of this world. That's why Jesus before the foundation of this world, before Adam fell, did everything because he knew what everything was going to be in this linear dimension, this three dimensions. 
He never put us in a situation that he didn't already complete. Because if he did, then he's not God. You are. And that's what happens. We think we're God because we want to be in control. We don't want to surrender to what he's already done. Because somewhere along the line, we're addicted to something that we're going through. And we like that feeling. So theoretically, philosophically, we can understand something here. But until it gets worked out and it can become your being, then it's only theoretical. So what I'm saying to you today needs to be practiced. You need to stay conscious. And when you're not conscious, you need to recognize it. Because consciousness gives you a new way of seeing. Because if we're familiar with what we're going to see every day, because we want to be in control then we're not going to look for another way. And most times people don't look for another way until they're on their deathbed or they're going through some kind of crisis. Then they say, there's got to be another way. So when you pray, you're not praying for something to come. You're thanking him for what's already been done. And when you can become what he's already done, you're going to bring what you're looking for to you. That's prayer. Some of the greatest intercessors in the world are the people that live in the, in the slums because that's all they've been thinking about and they've been bringing it to them. The people that are in the worst shape, they're the greatest intercessors because that's all they've been doing is bringing all that trouble to them. Can you see that? So if we change the way we think and we start becoming what we want, we're going to bring everything we need and then we don't want it. Because as a God, you're a king and a priest the king has everything he needs, and the priest wants to minister to every person in their kingdom. You don't minister to them by enabling them. You minister to them by giving them something to eat, clothing them, and showing them what Christ has done. So now John 3.16 makes much more sense now that we know that the material is the earth and the world is the sin consciousness of this world. The sin consciousness of this world is what we're all born into from Adam. That's why there's a last Adam. Follow me? So when God so loved the world, he's not talking about the earth He's talking about the sin consciousness of man that cre was created from Adam's disobedience. So that's how we're all born into the earth. And then our senses are what we learn to use to navigate through this earth, but we're not taught in the churches about our spiritual authority as spirit beings. So more often than not, 
people get trapped in believing there has to be a rescue mission for something that's already been done. So they waste their life expecting something to come, waiting on something, instead of understanding you've got it. You've got it. If you didn't have it, he wouldn't be God. And when Jesus said, I finished the work, what's left to do? He can't make you believe. He's giving you free will. It's going to be up to us. And when I learned that, that's when my work started. So I don't come to condemn anybody that doesn't think like me. It's perfectly okay. All I'm saying is what works for me is what I can understand from what Christ did, and I'm just applying those principles. I think if you do the same thing, you're going to see magnificent changes, not only in your physical being, but also in the outer world. Because most of us are trained to wait for something on the outside to change what's on the inside. Are we? So if I was God... Where would I hide? On the inside of man. That'd be the last place he looked. <laughs> so once we get our house in order and start not worrying about anything else, the more things start to change around you. And then God starts sending synchronicities and different things, opportunities. He told me one day, he says, the greatest opportunities in your life are cleverly disguised as the biggest obstacles. But I do that just to see how serious you are. So don't ever look at something as so overwhelming that you don't have the wherewithal to overcome it. You do. You've been given that through what Christ did. We all have it.